great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna... What is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome to a special Tuesday edition of Shout a Buffalo Bills football podcast. He's Ryan Talbot. I'm Matt Perino. And we had ourselves a little uh, OTAs practice today, Ryan. A lot to get into. My observations column is live now. You can read it over at Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com. It is chock full, 1,200 words of everything that happened out at One Bills Drive today. Ryan, it's going to be fun to get into this here, and we have a lot to cover. But before we do, I wanted to talk a little bit about our event that we had on Saturday night. And it was yeah. another really special one, and we haven't had a, a show since. There were folks from South Carolina, New Hampshire, Rochester, Syracuse that kind of made the drive in. And it, it was a, such a super special night, and I, I know that you enjoyed it. Oh, great time. You know, first thing we get there, we're – uh, talking with Ed and Alicia, and uh, someone comes up to me and he introduces himself, Jeff, and he's like, I'm from South Carolina. Uh, I was driving to Buffalo, something with his family, and he goes, I heard on the podcast as I was driving in that you guys would be at Wingnuts. I had to be there. And then, oddly enough, I'm outside because you are you were just about there at that time, and it was going to help you bring things in. Two other people come up, introduce themselves, also from South Carolina. You know, the first three people I meet that night, are in from South Carolina to come see a shout podcast. So really cool. And like you said, you know, Rochester, Buffalo, obviously Syracuse, all the places near us as well. Just always a great turnout. Can't say enough good things about the bills mafia and the support that they give us. I met uh, Paul and Ed. I, 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 we met all of the fans, but I was having a conversation with Paul and Ed. Um, Paul is from New Hampshire. Ed lives locally here in town. They're really good buddies. Paul was in from New Hampshire and uh, they went to porch fest over the weekend where all the bands play on the, on their front porches and you go to house to house and they met for the event and they were talking. And when it was getting close to being over, Ed was like, what are you doing later? And he said, Oh, I'm going to wing nuts. I listened to this bill show and they're having an event there because he goes, shout. And Paul's like, yeah, shout. And he's like, I listen to shout. You're going to win. I want to go. So they both came out to wing nuts. They didn't even know that each other listened to the show and were fans was super awesome. And then actually Paul told me that he grew up on the street that I live on now uh, in uh, Amherst, which was totally Buffalo story, right? These, these events are, are, are just awesome. Uh, our next one is on the calendar, June 23rd. It's a Friday night. Mark your calendar now. If you want more details, there's a link in the description on YouTube um, over uh, on all the audio platforms. And what it'll do is it'll take you to the event page on Facebook. You can RSVP so you get kind of a reminder and you kind of can keep it in your calendar. But even if not, put it in your calendar right now, Friday, June 23rd at Wingnut 700 Military Road, Ryan. Yeah, can't wait for our next event. Uh, looking forward, Friday night show. So that should be a good time. All right, here we go. Let's get into the nitty gritty. A lot to cover. Where do you want to get started from uh, today's practice, Ryan? Because there's a lot of juicy stuff happening uh, out in Orchard Park. Well, let's start with your lead and talk a little bit about uh, some guys that ended up impressing Von Miller and Josh Allen today. 
Yeah. So uh, GM Vaughn, who's kind of, you know, going to be in kind of that role for the next couple of months here as he continues the rehab process. And I guess to start off with quick update on Vaughn Miller, he is starting to do some defensive line work, some pass rush stuff in cleats, slower speed, not full, uh, full go yet. Uh, but he said he guarantees that he will be back before week six, which I think is quite a bit of an update, but he was out of practice today. He was watching the offense. He was watching the defense. He and he and he named a player from both sides. And they're both kind of younger guys. Jam- Jamarcus Ingram on defense, uh, and I agree with his assessments. I, th- I thought he was really good today. And then Justin Shorter on the offensive side of things. And it's interesting because one person that we're going to talk about a little bit later, and I think is one of the biggest takeaways I had from practice today. He gave uh, Justin Shorter the business a few times, uh, just welcome to the NFL kind of moments. But overall, Shorter kind of flashed that explosiveness, which I think stood out to Von Miller, the size profile, the physicality, the speed, his kind of giddy up once he gets going. It, it was on display today. Yeah. So first of all, with Von Miller, you know, the guarantee back by week six, he knows his body. He knows what he's going through. I, I you know, I always have those thoughts of, you know, the team has to clear you first. So you, you just never know for sure. But I, I like that he's feeling so good at this point. That's a promising sign for the Bills. Didn't rule out uh, return even in week one. So at least it sounds all encouraging right now. He's gone through this process before. It's not like he has to kind of uh, learn on the fly in terms of, uh, you know, how his body feels in terms of making certain moves, doing certain things. So it, it's certainly realistic and possible. As for the players you mentioned, you know, uh, Ingram, I, I believe this is his second year in Buffalo. Correct me if I'm wrong, yep. coming out of UB. And his coach uh, was there, his former UB coach, Marquise Linguist, uh, was uh, uh, in attendance watching practice. So a cool day for him. That's awesome. Having the former coach there having a nice day like that. And, you know, listen, the Bills are, are pretty deep in their secondary cornerback safety. But things like this, you're making your, a great impression. You're making a case already to say, hey, if there's that one final roster spot, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to go out and try to earn that. Or worst case scenario, priority, you know, practice squad type of player. So really cool to hear that about Ingram. Obviously, from year one to year two, you know the ins and outs of the system more. You can kind of uh, train your body a little bit more for the NFL game where going from college to the pros is a little bit different in terms of that time span. Justin Shorter, I mean, he he has the NFL physique. He, he kind of looks like he's that chiseled veteran. So not shocked that he showed off that explosiveness at times. Looking forward, though, to talking a little bit about the player that kind of gave him the business, as you put it. Uh, Before we get to him, Ingram, I wanted to mention, Von Miller walked up to him after practice and said, man, you had a good day out there. And Jamarcus Ingram looked back at me and was like, what? I didn't have a good day. And, you know, there was one, uh, you know, play where it was the probably, if it wasn't for another catch, and we'll talk about that later in the show, might have been the catch of the day. But uh, Keyshawn Johnson, number 81, get used to his name. I remember him from last year just being ultra competitive. Uh, seeing him in, in, in different settings during during practice. He made a really, really good play. And I thought Ingram, it was a good throw from Kyle Allen. Um, it was a tough catch, even though it was a good throw. And I thought Ingram played the route perfectly. He was step for step with them. It was sticky coverage. You could only be so physical. They're not allowed to touch each other. They're not in pads. And that's why everything that we talk about in these shows, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt. But I thought it was great coverage. It was just a really nice play by the receiver. And, you know, a lot of names, we talked about it back at rookie mini camp, uh, shavers, um, the UDFA, um, Tyrell shavers. He had a a really nice day. I thought Keyshawn, uh, had a really nice day today. 
Keyshawn Johnson, throw me the damn ball. All right, different Keyshawn Johnson, but still. Uh, another young guy kind of in the mix here for practice squad opportunities or, or even, you know, there's always that one or two players that catch us off guard uh, come training camp and make their case for uh, end of the roster spot. So you just never know. So good to see some of these younger players really stepping up though early on here in OTAs. The Bills have a very, very interesting potential problem on their hands, Ryan. Tredavious White is coming back into, you know, he obviously played on the back half of last year, kind of ramping things up. I thought he had a couple of really good performances, and the expectation is he takes another step towards what he was before the injury. You got him at CB1. After that, man, it is a coin toss. Like, you got Dane Jackson, who the Bills still love, Kyer Elam, who they spent a first-round draft pick on, and then Christian Benford, all three of them, according to John Butler today, are in that competition for CB2, which is crazy to think about, Ryan, because can you envision a world where we live in come September if Kyer Elam isn't implanted as that CB2? I mean, there's there's serious questions are going to start popping up, and here's why I'm starting to foreshadow that a little bit, because Benford was awesome today. I mean, I wrote it in my notes a t- couple times. He plays like a bully and it's like, he's got that mentality. And whenever you talk to somebody who talks about him on the team, that's the sense that you take away from him. And Butler was talking about his competitiveness, his football IQ, his work ethic, all those little things. Justin Shorter is a man. I mean, he is a man among boys at times looking out there. He's a huge dude. And Christian Benford just had no time for it. I mean, the the juice was on display. He was competitive. He was as physical as you can be in this setting. And he just ripped a ball away from Justin Shorter on what should have been a catch. I thought it was kind of a, not a, a great throw, but stride for stride, move for move. Christian Benford competes his butt off every single moment. How much of a problem could this potentially be for the Bills if he somehow ends up winning this job and it's White and Benford and Elam is just left on the outside looking in or in another type of rotational role. And then you have Dane Jackson. What do you do? I mean, it's a good problem to have if it ends up becoming out that way. You know, uh, in in the NFL, having depth, having talent at cornerback is so important because you're just one play away from meeting that next man up. But, you know, Benford, it's really encouraging to hear about his day today because year one as a rookie, obviously, greatly exceeded all expectations out there on the field. Early made some really nice plays. His knowledge of the zone defense coming out of college obviously gave him that leg up on Elam and and, uh, helped him get on the field quickly. But you you mentioned the work ethic, the competitiveness, the training that he went through this offseason. And, you know, one day, but it's it's paying off for him. It shows off that he's, you know, ready to kind of take that next step in his game, too. So. You're right. It creates a problem because you created, uh, you drafted, excuse me, Kyrie Elam in the first round last year. And the expectation is you want to get him on the field. And to Elam's credit, whenever he was on the field last year, he seemed to be making plays. Interception against Mahomes in the end zone, passes defense, good coverage. Um, He was solid when he was out there. So it's not like he played poorly, but if he gets beaten again by Benford, yes, I get from especially like the national view. Uh, how that could be seen as a problem. And then Dane Jackson, you know, Mr. Reliable, you you know he's going to be in the right spot, the right position. He's not the most athletically gifted cornerback on this team, but he's also not going to get beaten for double moves for these big gains. And, and the team likes players like that because 
You keep the ball in front of you. You can make a play on the ball. You can get off the field. Let's uh, stay in the defensive backs room. Uh, Jordan Poyer was in attendance today. Uh, attendance, by the way, the only people that I didn't see out there were Stefan Diggs. We'll get to that in a few. Latavius Murray and Matt Milano. These are voluntary workouts. All three of those guys are, you know, veterans, been in the league seven plus years. Latavius Murray, I mean, he's 33 years old. He was on the verge of maybe not even playing football. So I don't think that he's in a super rush to get back. I wasn't super shocked to not see him there, but pretty good attendance. Uh, otherwise, some guys that were there that weren't participating, kind of just off to the side. Jordan Poyer, he was doing some bike work. Uh, he was in street clothes. Um, Jordan Phillips looked like he was working through something, was working with the trainers a little bit. He wasn't in uniform either. Uh, then obviously Von Miller and Mitch Morse as well. Those were the four that were there, but that weren't participating. So Jordan Poyer out huge opportunity for Taylor Rapp to make his first impression with the bills. And man, our, our guys are already raving about this, this dude. And, you know, it's interesting. We go, we went back and we were talking about the potential fits for the bills to replace Jordan Poyer. Had he left in free agency rap never felt like a, like a viable option. Cause I thought he was going to make too much money somewhere. I thought somebody was going to give him a really good deal, a multi-year deal. He comes in and he takes the vet minimum to play with the bills in a situation that places him in a backup role in a utility role, if you will. But I think the thinking is, is like, okay, you're probably going to get on the field at some point there, there, whether it be by like, trying to just fit him in somewhere in, in Sean McDermott's defense, or if one of the uh, starting safety safeties go down, neither Poyer or Hyde played all, every game last year. And I thought, you know, it was perfect, uh, perfectly fitting that he made his presence felt from the very jump. It was a really nice ball from Josh Allen, by the way, side clip here, Josh Allen really crisp today. They weren't in pads. It's pretty easy to play in this kind of environment, but you want the guy to look like Josh Allen. And he looked like that a couple of just, unbelievable throws one that was on a rope this one in particular nice throw to Deontay Hardy who had some action today he was pretty active throughout the day Taylor Rapp comes in he reacts to the play gets involved rips the ball off out PBU really nice start for Taylor Rapp you know you mentioned it first of all Rapp with the projection I think he was projected to make around nine million on like uh Spo track and things like that or eight to nine million per season and obviously didn't come to that he got a lot less with the bills but for, for rap, it makes a lot of sense. It's a one-year audition. The Bills do have an aging safety room, and if he comes in and he makes a, an impact in year one, he's going to most likely sign a long-term deal with the Bills, maybe in season, maybe after the season. And he's on a Super Bowl contender. But the other thing you mentioned, Matt, is if he is as good as he looks now and he continues that all off season, the Bills are going to find ways to get the safeties on the field, all three of them. You can move one up into like a linebacker spot, playing like a hybrid type role on certain downs, especially obvious passing downs. And you can play him, move, move him, rotate him around. But to get a guy like Rap in this system, a guy that has a ton of starting experience, has a lot of athleticism, checks a lot of the boxes of what the Bills like in safeties, that was a great value signing. They're just very deep. Like I said about corner, they're just as deep now. Uh, at safety, the, you mentioned the top mm -hmm. three there. There's DeMar Hamlin in the mix. They re-signed Dean Marlowe. Uh, they have some other guy, young guys in the room and some other veterans. So it's a good problem to have here in OTAs and, and to watch these guys battle it out and maybe create good problems for Sean McDermott in terms of how do I get all these guys on the field in meaningful games. You know, the one good thing about tuning into the podcast is you're going to get a little bit more 
of a dive than you will in the, you know, the articles or the, you know, the social media coverage. One thing today too, was I thought Dorian Williams, you know, I tried to pick him out when I saw him on the field a little bit more today. And there was one play where, uh, Damian Harris caught a ball out of the backfield real quick, bang, bang play. And Harris came shooting down, uh, you know, the gap there and, and, and down on the running back. And he was on him in, an instant and you're like oh well okay there's that like closing speed that you know brandon bean talks so much about when they drafted him which is interesting the big announcement this morning from sean mcdermott though ryan came that dorian williams has been working at middle linebacker so there's there's no weight there's no learning curve we were we were talking about this as recently as a couple of days ago like what could be the path to this for him he is starting day one as a middle linebacker and i think right in the mix to be that starter, depending on how he does this summer. You have to wonder if Brandon Bean wanted to throw the media off the scent a little bit after they drafted him, because right after they drafted Dorian Williams, they said, we're going to start him out at outside linebacker. He'll play some special teams. But I'm sure in his mind, he said he has the size, the athleticism of some of these other really, really good middle linebackers in this league. And it's all about adapting to the playbook, picking things up now. We just talked about this recently. I think Dorian Williams has the talent to be this team starting middle linebacker, the athleticism, the closing speed, uh, the ability to shed blocks. It's going to come down to knowing the playbook, the ins and outs of it, because obviously that spot on the defense is generally the one that's your signal caller. That's making sure everyone's lined up in the proper spot. So uh, if they start out with one of these veterans that they currently have on their roster, Dodson, AJ Klein, whomever it may be, it wouldn't stun me, but if they hand over the reins early on in the season, quarter of the way through, for instance, uh, I could see that being maybe the path for Williams to really then being able to make an impact for this team. Yeah, I saw Benford out there uh, quite a bit. I can't, the, the struggle is I can't really talk about what he was doing, where he was lined up, those kinds of things. There's restrictions on on what we can report. I can say that he looked, he looked fast, like, which is something to to note because he's that that's kind of where he got dinged a little bit last year, right? Like was that la- that lack of super quickness that like the game seemed to be really too fast for him still. And it felt like he was much more comfortable. We'll obviously get a, a better look at him over the course of the spring and then into the summer. But yeah, I, I think all across the board, it's going to be a fun competition to watch uh, on the inside uh, at linebacker. Let's stay on the defense, and then we'll push things over to, to the offensive side. Boogie Basham with a sack today. It wasn't anything super tremendous. It was a one-on-one win against uh, Ryan Vandemark. Uh, really nice outside pass rush move. He lands in sacks. I believe it was Kyle Allen. It might have been Matt Barkley. I can't remember now. It's in the story. Go read it. But a, a, a nice play from Boogie Basham. Von Miller you know, made, made it a point to say, because I asked him, what's the biggest difference between boogie and aj last year to this year and he was quick to say first of all they both got bigger you could you could see that in their size so like the stuff that was in my story a couple months ago like the work is paid off i mean boogie is starting to kind of find the body the nfl prototype body that he was searching for and i think that puts him in a good position to take a, a run at a more productive role on this defense he flashed at times in camp last year like we're not overreacting to the stack but you know he had one and i wanted to mention it Ed Oliver was, you know, this, we're talking about a horse of a different color. Okay. Like this dude <laughs> looks like, uh, I'm sorry for the horse reference. You know, it was too easy. He just looks like a level above, like not only like the, the lineman, 
but just the rest of the, the players in the defensive line. I mean, just he was flying around out there. He looks healthy. He looks explosive. I mean, at times it just looked like there was one rep that I wrote about specifically where um, he flies through a gap between uh, David Edwards and Ryan Bates. And you're like, whoa, like they're backpedaling. They didn't even have a chance to like set and get a hand on him. He, he made one quick move. The get off was there. He was in the defensive backfield and it was such a great play. He got his hands up. Josh Allen tried to get rid of the ball. It was incomplete pass to De- Deontay Hardy. And then in another move, um, I, or that was the, the uh, a rep against Osiris Torrance where he had the incomplete move. The move against Edwards and uh, Bates, he actually batted down the ball. So, like, it was a huge day for Ed Oliver. Again, not in pads, but you like to see it. You love to see it. And, you know, when it comes to Ed Oliver, this doesn't mean that he wasn't trying before, but there, there is something, Matt, about players in a contract year that are looking to get the bag, so to speak, that are looking for that big deal. And they they practice, you know, they make they flash in practice, they flash on the field in the regular season, and then they line themselves up for a nice payday, whether it's with their current team or another team. And it wouldn't shock me at all if Ed Oliver continues to flash like this uh, throughout the OTAs, mini camp, uh, training camp, preseason, regular season, etc. Because this is such a pivotal year for him. And we've seen those flashes. We've seen him dominate games, take over at times. So I have really high expectations for Oliver this year. Nice to see him get off to a good start. Same with uh, Boogie Basham. You mentioned it. You know, you had a great piece on him this offseason and how he knows this is a make or break year getting a sack on day. Uh, you know, well, the first day of OTAs that the media is attending uh, is always an encouraging sign. Epinesa, you know, a little off topic, you, you, the pictures of him at the golf tournament in Rochester this past week, he just, he looked physically uh, maybe not larger, but I don't know. He just looked a little bit different than he had before. And you can almost see that little gleam in Brandon Bean's eye as he's shaking his hand in one of those photos, like, okay, He's kind of has that NFL prototypical body now, and uh, maybe this this group will be able to make some uh, an impact, whether Von Miller is out there for those first few weeks or not. Make some hay. They'll be able to make some hay. hay. I like that. We are just you've been working with me too long. I know they're just you know they're just coming like candy right now. I can't even I can't even stop them. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. What's up, everybody? Matt Perino here, one half of the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast, here today to talk to you about Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million members. It is the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. You just pick more or less on two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. Testing your skills on prize picks this playoff basketball season is the most simple way to get in on the action. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and submit your lineup. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes prize picks the number one fantasy sports app. Download the app today and use code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Again. Download the app today and use code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. All right. I hope that you get us locked into your calendar, your schedule, every Tuesday 
for the next couple of weeks. We're going to have two more OTAs, reaction shows, uh, observation shows, and then we'll obviously have the mandatory mini camp uh, episodes as well. Usually they do the two days. I know it's a three-day mandatory mini camp. Historically, Sean McDermott lets them go a day early. We'll see. Maybe that changes with him now in the defensive uh, defensive coordinator role. Let's get to the offense. I mentioned earlier uh, that Josh Allen looked really good today. And I mean, he was spreading the ball around. I mean, you know, there was one deep ball uh, that he had Dawson Knox on. And it was actually, let me bring up my notes here. It was actually like really good coverage on the play. And I I mentioned Terrell Bernard. Terrell Bernard was in one-on-one coverage with Dawson Knox streaking up the seam. And he he stayed with him stride for stride. Knox probably should have made the play, but he had to kind of move his body a little bit of a weird way. And because of that, just split second, I think it was, it made it too tough of a play and it kind of bounced off his extended hand. If he runs straight through it, it's probably a big time play and a catch, uh, but it, it, it falls incomplete. So that was a, a really nice play. You know, Hardy heavily involved the running backs heavily involved in the past game. I mentioned Harris had a catch. It was uh Knox. No, no targets for Dalton Kincaid, which was a little bit surprising. Um, I'm uh, Trent Sherfield. We're going to talk in a minute about in a minute. Gabe Davis was with the catch of the day, Ryan. This one, let me talk you through this one because it was. If the Bills haven't put out a highlight of this yet, I'm shocked because it was special. And it was. I wrote in my headline for this section a Gabe Davis special, a signature move because this is the kind of plays that this dude can make at his highest level and why I think people should remain super high on Gabe Davis going into this year. And I I really like the collection of talent that they have now in this pass catching room. I include Knox and Kincaid in that conversation. So he's one-on-one with Tredavious White, really good coverage. Allen sees him break out wide towards the sideline and just puts a bullet on 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 both guys and it's kind of like and either one of them could have made a play at, at the ball and what had happened was davis kind of got away from the ball pretty quickly because he was kind of running fast out of his break and all of a sudden the ball's behind him he literally has to stick out his left hand the ball's like behind him he's running towards the sideline he's got to stick out his left hand and literally stick the ball out of the air and it does it sticks right to his his hand he pulls it into his body of course, Gabe Davis gets both feet in uh, at the sideline, makes this unbelievable catch. Signature Gabe Davis. There you have it. Yeah, you know, that's the play that maybe we take for granted at this point. Uh, we saw it a lot his rookie year. That Colts game in the playoff always sticks in my mind where the Bills offense was struggling. It was Gabe Davis that made a few toe taps along the sidelines to get that team going then. He's done it so many times already in his career. So I like that term, the Gabe Davis special. Looking forward to seeing hopefully a lot of that this year. Uh, and that the ankle, you know, woes that he dealt with last year in the past. All right, let's go to Trent Sherfield. I want to talk yes. a little bit about him today because huge praise from quarterback Josh Allen. And um, so the connection there is at right before the Bills signed Sherfield, uh, Christian Kirk, who's good buddies with Josh Allen, uh, gave Allen his number, uh, Sherfield's number. They play together in Arizona. Um, and so Alan reached out and, uh, let me just find this real quick, uh, so I can read you the quote. Here we go. So I asked Josh about Stefan Diggs not being there. And if that maybe gave an opportunity to other people. And he said, this is a direct quote. You talk about other reps, Trent Sherfield getting a lot of the Z reps and learning this offense. I've loved what I've seen from Trent so far. The dude works extremely hard. He's one of the hardest working guys on the team. 
honestly, that is that's big praise from Josh Allen right there on day two of OTAs. This guy just got into the building and he's already made this kind of impression. I, I thought that that was something that made my eye, eyebrows go up a little bit. Doesn't complain about anything. He's rolling right now. And I don't know if he would have gotten those reps without Steph. Like with, uh, and obviously this is voluntary. We'd love to have Steph here. You know, I'd love to have him here. I understand that uh, OTAs aren't for everybody. And again, it is voluntary at the end of the day, but you know, some of the guys are getting a lot of good work and maybe we wouldn't have gotten that if he is here right now. So I know those guys aren't taking that for granted. Granted, uh, Trent Sherfield one-on-one with Trey White on one play makes a really good contested catch. I thought Trey White again had really good coverage throw from Josh Allen. It's, it's good, but really good news. I think for on the Trent Sherfield front. Yeah, and when it comes to Stefan Diggs, obviously Josh Allen's rapport and chemistry with him is well known. It's not something that they necessarily need to be working together here in OTAs. Like Josh said, if if Stefan was there, it'd be great. But you know, it's allowing a guy like Trent Sherfield to come in here and, and get those valuable reps. And his career has been really interesting. You know, there was that piece. I want to say it might have been a Ty Dunn piece where uh, he was in Arizona. He had a really strong summer. And even one of his wide receivers coaches said, hey, you should really be playing for us and on the field, but we got to go with like this rookie that was in front of you. He goes to the 49ers. You know, again, he gets a little bit better. He establishes himself on special teams. And then he's in Miami. And last year in Miami, when he was given opportunities in the offense, he really did have some bright moments and bright spots, especially one against his former team, uh, the 49ers, where he, he caught the ball first play of the game across the middle, took it to the house for a score. He has the ability to to be a difference maker, uh, to make some key plays for this team. Obviously not projecting him to be wide receiver one or two when you have Diggs and Davis or even a, a top four target when you have some of these other guys on this team. But he can be a really valuable asset, in my opinion, Matt, where you can count on him in valuable situations and key spots to be on the field, to call in catches, to move the chains. And that's really important to this team. So for them to get these reps early on, it's key. It's important. The more this chemistry develops with Allen and these newer receivers, the better it's going to be for the Bills offense. Uh, if you're just popping in, we had another awesome wing nuts night uh, last Saturday. The next one is on the calendar, June 23rd. Get it in your uh, daily planner. Uh, there's a link in the description uh, on YouTube and all the audio platforms that'll send you to the event page over on Facebook. Hit interested or going to that, and it'll give you a reminder as we get closer to the event. All right, I want to finish up here with the running backs, you know, obviously we saw a good amount of cook. We got, we saw some Harris thought we saw a lot of Naheem Hines and man, is he just like felt like Jekyll and Hyde with him today. Um, and again, you don't want to overreact too much to these kinds of practice settings where it's like, they're not in pads, but routes versus air Hines has a drop. And so he goes back to, uh, the line with Allen after all the other receivers had gone down the field to kind of run it back the other way and runs it again so he can get through the wrap and catch it. I didn't really think much about it. But then during team drills, he had a really untimely catch on a short pass again. And you're just like, all right, this can't develop into a thing because Naheem Hines has an uphill battle. I wrote it. I mean, there's some people that think he's fourth on the depth chart right now. I mean, people are really high on Latavius Murray in this backfield. They went on, they signed Damian Harris for a purpose. And you figure, you know, I think James Cook has the easiest path to RB1. So if that's the case, 
Naheem Hines has a lot of work to do to carve out a role in this offense. And I feel like you want to be building trust with not only Josh Allen, but Ken Dorsey, who didn't feel comfortable calling your number almost at all last year. And so I'm more right about this now and talk about it now because this can't develop into a pattern for Hines as he tries to carve out some type of role for himself. Yeah, this is something where he needs to kind of really turn things around in the OTAs, training camp, preseason, et cetera. You mentioned the Bills acquired him at the trade deadline or near the trade deadline and something like nine or 13 offensive snaps um, was out there. Obviously, a very key special teams player or turn man for this team, but didn't get involved in the offense. So now after a full offseason you know, learning this playbook, learning the ins and outs of it. He's supposed to be counted on as someone that can maybe be a big, big play threat, catching the ball out of the backfield. So those drops you don't want to see here early on. Uh, and the Bills, like you said, went out of their way to add more weapons to this running back room. Obviously, uh, you have James Cook in year two. You bring in Damian Harris, who has had a lot of success when healthy with the New England Patriots, Latavius Murray. Uh, someone that's had over 500 yards, something like the last seven or eight years is kind of like a rotational piece. So he's obviously a very solid player. Um, so Hines really, if he wants to be a contributor on offense and not just a special teams guy, needs to have a really strong summer and you want to see those drops get cleared up quickly. Charles G asked, did we cover who lined up where along the interior O-line? We have not because you're not allowed to do that. Um, that's that's part of the Bills reporting guidelines. And most teams around the league have kind of adopted some variation uh, of the reporting guidelines and these practices. They don't want people, you know, the details of their situation getting out to other teams. Uh, and we in the media respect that. Um, you can kind of, you know, piece together some of it from watching the videos that they put out, so on and so forth. But I just think the point is they don't want various reports about specific position battles, especially at this point, we haven't really gotten to it today. A couple other notes. I thought uh, worth noting Ike Butker, no knee brace. And he Mm. was scooting out there. I I thought at times uh, there was a play with, I think, I don't know if he was pulling or just running down at the end of a play, but he was moving really well, which I think is a good sign. You talk about Von Miller coming off of the injury, uh, uh, Trey white coming back a year more than a year removed from the injury. Ike Bucker's in that same uh, boat. And I feel like he looked really good. Um, Mark's asking about Dalton Kincaid. Working a lot with Josh Allen during the early portion of practice. Uh, This was, you know, their first practice opening the media, working together. They're kind of starting to develop that chemistry. No targets during the team portion, but I'd expect that to change. I don't think that's crazy. He was really spreading the ball around. A lot of guys got a lot of looks today. Yeah, you know, Kincaid, They'll, I'm sure the Bills will have videos of him and Allen making a connection here in the next few weeks before we know it. Uh, working together on that chemistry now, nothing wrong with that. Uh, you, you already mentioned, you know, you can't really talk about where players are. But like you said, uh, a good thing to ch- pay attention to are the videos that the Bills release and put out there. Great way to piece things together here early on, get an idea of what's going on at these uh, practices that obviously, like you said, there are guidelines and things that we cannot report. When he's gotten into the games over the years, it hasn't been like superstardom by any stretch. And at times, I mean, you know, I think you pick out plays where Saran Neal has struggled at times. But man, sometimes you watch him play and I just feel like there's so much untapped potential in there. And maybe that's crazy talk. Maybe, you know, I'm letting these practice settings, um, you know, cloud my my vision because there have been games where I thought he's been in the game and it, and it hasn't looked good at times. 
Now, there's also been moments like being matched up with Travis Kelsey over the years. Like there, there's been times where I think he's had some good reps. Uh, he was awesome today. Saran Neal was all over the field, um, had some really good plays behind the line of scrimmage. He had some really good plays in coverage. Um, he's he's a you know a really competitive dude. He brings a lot of energy, can do multiple things. I uh, wanted to, to note that. Yeah. Swiss Army knife for this defense special teams contributor for the most part early on here, but he's flashed. Like you said, there were times where he was lined up against Kelsey in the past where he's shut Kelsey down. On, and obviously just a handful of plays. We're not talking over the entire course of the game. There's a reason why Kelsey's going to end up being a first ballot Hall of Famer when all is said and done. But Neil has flashed that talent before and he has the athleticism in. Uh, the physicality and, and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do throughout the summer as well. One last thing on Butker, because you mentioned him too. You know, this is someone that the Bills made a lot of moves on the interior of their line and free agency in the draft. This is someone, though, that has starting experience in Buffalo uh, on the offensive line at guard. So it's just another, it's a good problem to have. They have so many guys that they probably have a lot of faith and trust in to help this line take uh, the next step in year two of Aaron Cromer's system uh, and improve from what they saw one year ago. All right. I want to get out of here, Ryan, uh, before we do, I feel like we got to talk about um, Deandre Hopkins part. What is this? Eight now <laughs> 18, is this part 19. eight of the off season mini series. You put up a story about it last night over at the site. He was on a podcast mentioned Josh Allen is, is somebody that really, uh, you know, get some going about a potential fit if you were to go play for another team, um, which wasn't surprising to me. It's what I took away from it more. And I talked about this on the danger of a tag a little while ago. It's almost like not in style right now to compliment Josh Allen, right? Like everybody's yeah. talking about Joe Burrow. Everybody's talking about Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. Even I feel like people are, are trying to find a way to get super high on again. Josh Allen seems to be the guy that everybody wants to nationally let's pipe down. Like we had the whole Jason Tatum, Colin Cowherd thing, which I don't want to get too much into this. We should talk about right. that at some point. It was a wild comparison. DeAndre Hopkins, what is the path to him becoming a bill for you? Because for me, I don't I don't know if there'll be enough desire on the bills and now with this roster at 90 to pull off a trade and give up future assets with they're they're like really asset rich right now going into next year's draft. And I don't know if they want to, you know, part with any of those assets to get a guy that there might be a, the price tag probably comes down in season. Arizona probably takes on more of that contract in season and it becomes cheaper. What's the path here for you? It would almost just have to be the Cardinals releasing him. I know um, it would be something like 22 million dead cap over those next two seasons if they did that. But even when you go to spot track, it, it kind of lists that as their potential out of this deal if they really wanted to, because he's due to make a little over 30 this year, cap hit wise, 26, I believe, next year. Uh, so it can free up some money for them. Trade wise, I you know, the Bills can obviously restructure, move deals around, send something. I just don't know if that's going to be the path that it would work out with. And, and yes, if, if the Cardinals were to release DeAndre Hopkins, he's available for every other team in the league, including the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, some of these other Super Bowl contenders that would love a receiver like Hopkins. But you kind of mentioned it, Matt, the first quarterback out of his mouth in that I Am Athlete podcast of who you'd like to catch uh, balls from in the second stage of your career. Josh Allen, one of my favorite players since he's been in the league, called him a, a new age Andrew Luck, which 
is kind of funny to me because really Andrew Luck's really not that old. He just retired at a very young age and and called right. it a career. But that's all good. And there's other organizations where it checked all the boxes too. But what Hopkins was saying in that interview, I want to join a team that has a stable front office. Well, Brandon Bean's been here since May of 2017. A lot of those guys in the front office have been here. Some are on their second stints in Buffalo because they went somewhere else. Uh, they come back. Some guys have left for other GM jobs like Joe Shane. But for the most part, obviously, very stable there. He wants to play for an elite quarterback. Well, he already was gushing about Josh Allen. He wants to be on a Super Bowl contender. You know, the, the Bills check all of those boxes. So, uh, if he were to get released, I, I don't think the Bills would have to be the highest bidder. I think that they would just have to uh, come in at a at a reasonable amount, and, and that would be enough for Hopkins uh, to sign on the dotted line. Over on YouTube, Bills are electric. Uh, that's the uh, handle. McDermott during his press conference said DeMar was not practicing, but saw videos of DeMar practicing, question mark. That's correct. He wasn't practicing, though. Like He was yeah. in a jersey. And he was doing some of the um, workout stuff, like when they do like the side work, the individual stuff where there's no team element. There's no like physicality necessarily, although I think he did hit. I saw him hit one um, like the padded device. I don't know if he if that was the video. I don't want to speak on it because I, I, I didn't take the video. I wasn't over by the DBs. So the, it we're able to go around the big circle now. And so I started at Allen and Kincaid, put out some videos of that, went over to Osiris Torrance, made it over to the D-line, then I made it to the linebackers. By the time I got to the DBs, the video shooting portion of practice was over. So I'll have to start there next time. But yeah, definitely progress on the DeMar Hamlin front, but yeah, not fully participating in practice quite yet. Yeah, so you know that's just kind of the, the terminology when McDermott uses that. He's, he's talking about those 7-on-7s, 11-on-11s, team drill type deals. But like you said, what – what amazing progress that we've seen Hamlin from where you know, from the event in January to where we are now, the fact that he's, you know, he's announced the comeback. He wants to play this year. He's putting himself in a position to compete for a depth role on this team. Just unbelievable stuff. Even if he wasn't practicing out there today. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. A little over 40 minutes on a Tuesday evening. We'll be right back at you. Uh, next Tuesday for our next edition of Camp OTA's uh, Observation Show. Like and subscribe before you go. Go find us on all the audio platforms too because you can, if you ever miss any parts of the of the live broadcast, you can always watch it back on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook. But if you want it just in your, you know, maybe put on your headphones later on with uh, just the audio only, find us on Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Apple, all of the big podcast platforms. June 23rd, back at Wingnuts. Make sure you got it on your calendar. We'll see you then. Thank you for watching. For Ryan, I'm Matt. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.